what I know to stay away. Oh, I said, hand off his box, the box of chocolates. Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay. Good evening. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name's Mike, and Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture, 6.30 every Thursday at evening. So, you know, you know what they say. You do know what they say, right? You know, you can take your truck to a garden, but you can't put your garden in a truck, right? Or maybe not. Is that true? Really, is that true or is that not true? We'll have to ask uh, our friend Clifford, the Big Red Truck, we're going to hear all about Clifford in just a moment. But first of all, I think we're starting to get some signs that spring might actually be spring-like. There's some sun outside. I seem to remember something about that bright orb in the sky and something resembling warmth. I think I remember that, too. Yeah, I think spring might actually be coming soon, sometime this spring. In the meantime, it's growing. Oh, 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 oh,
Thank you, Temptations. Appreciate that. I think they'll help the spring really get going really soon. That's Temptations and It's Growing, much like food and gardens and such. That's from their album Temptations Sings Smokey. Thank you, Smokey, too. This is Pandora's Lunchbox and about that uh, Clifford the Red Truck and about uh, a truck in a garden. What's all that about? Well, Clifford the Red Truck has recently made its way, a big red truck, much like a dog only a truck, has made its way to Ypsilanti in the possession of Growing Hope, an organization that helps people grow gardens and does other community work. We'll talk a little more about that in a moment. But in the meantime, I recently talked to the executive director of Growing Hope, Amanda Edmonds, about Clifford the Big Red Truck and his immediate future. So Clifford has been a, um, a, a handy-dandy uh, work truck for Growing Hope for several years, um, passed down through people from natural area preservation, so he's had a good like local area work life. Um, so Clifford and his retirement is going to become a truck farm. Um, we are literally going to plant the back of him as a little mini four by eight foot farm, uh, put a little hoop house on top and, uh, and grow food, but particularly as a mobile sort of food growing education uh, vehicle. So can go to community fairs, can go to schools, just be at our farmer's market and show people uh, in a mobile way uh, how, to, how to grow food. So there are truckers and there are farmers, but you're all going to be truck farmers. Yes, Clifford is going to be uh, a truck farm, and we are all going to become truck farmers. Uh, we're using a lot of um, a lot of reclaimed materials to to structure the the back. We won't have soil in the whole thing because that's too heavy. So we've got a a first layer that's sort of space filler, and then we'll have a soil mix on top of that, and we'll build a little removable hoop house um, on top of that. So we're part of uh, a national truck farm effort. There's a guy in uh, Brooklyn who two years ago built a truck farm in the back of a 1989 Dodge Dakota pickup, and he is a filmmaker and um, he. He made the film King Corn, um, and he made a little film about it. So there's a 45-minute film, truck, a truck farm film that we're going to show at our next community potluck in May um, that, that talks about his, uh, his little truck farm. He actually sold uh, CSA shares for a, quote, minuscule amount of food um, from, for his 4 by 8 foot truck farm. And they put out the call, uh, the truck farm folks this year, to try to find 25 national truck farm affiliates. So there's a whole bunch of us networked across the country who are all forming these mobile food and agriculture and garden education vehicles. So just to the CSA thought, just a reminder what CSA stands for, for listeners. CSA is Community Supported Agriculture. So it is generally not done on this very, uh, very small scale. CSA is generally when uh, an individual or family buys a share of, um, of a grower's harvest up front. So pays, say, 300 to 600 or so for a season. Shares um, helps provide a grower with that upfront capital um, that they need to buy seeds and compost and things in the beginning of the season and then gets a share back in the form of a bag or a box of food on often a weekly basis throughout the season. Um, so this CSA that the original truck farmer um, did is is sort of nominal and being called a CSA. So he, I think it was $20 a share and you got, quote, a minuscule amount of food. I think you were buying a square foot basically. So not really a true CSA, but kind of a clever, a clever thing to talk about. So people had probably more like an emotional share in the, um, in this truck farm. A little CSA, L-I apostrophe L-C-S-A. Yeah, yeah, little CSA. So we're really excited that Clifford is going to um, become this, it's a great retirement project for an old, an old F1, uh, F-150 and you'll see him around town um, starting this spring. 
And so you've got a little bit of work ahead of you starting this weekend, right? So what's what's going to happen? Okay, so this weekend, with whatever volunteers want to come uh, come show up, you can kind of reach us at growinghope.net and just drop a line to our info at growinghope.net if you want to come join. It's totally volunteer effort. Um, we are going to build the first underlayment structure where you've got a drainage system designed and um, scrap materials and some wood we're going to build a, a base framework out of um, and hoping to get all that structure done so that we can then, in our next stage um, actually fill it with soil and and do some planting so we're excited to premiere the structure for truck farm at the uh, earth day festival on may 1st over at wcc the area earth day festival so people can see and get involved Um, but basically we want anyone who wants to help with this cool project to to come out and help Uh, we do need some uh, structural uh, work done on our on clifford the truck uh, so any handy people who want to do some truck repair, uh, we can uh, we could use your assistance as well. Well, what's really exciting is that we are getting closer and closer to opening our Growing Hope Center. And so we're building a parking lot and changing a traffic light and redoing a sidewalk and all that really fun site work. But what it means is that if we can raise the resources we need to in the community, we could potentially move in as early as this summer or fall um, and actually be headquartered there. So our demonstration urban farm can really be that much more of a resource to the community because we will fully be operating out of that property and the house will be our offices and the commercial kitchen where we can grow and process food and have community potlucks. And the kind of things we've started doing there somewhat, we could actually really do once we're there and officially open. So that's a that's a big focus. We're also um, uh, getting ready next week to start working with uh, low-income, no-income families um, in the area to help them install raised bed vegetable gardens at their homes. So we'll work with 40 families this year and l- taking applicants. And uh, our farmer's market, uh, downtown Ypsilanti farmer's market that we run, kicks off um, May 3rd, Tuesday, May 3rd in downtown Ipsy. So everything's happening this time of year. It's It's a big time of year and it's Stubbornly trying to be spring, I guess, but uh, it looks like it's it's going to all start blooming. Looks like I mean it's just gearing up. It's waiting. It's waiting. It's supposed to be in the seventies on Tuesday, and that hopefully, in my book, will hopefully be the turning point to get rid of this weather we are having now. Hey, yes, yes. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I mean you know, growing hope is is pretty much what we're doing is leveraging people who want to volunteer and participate in our community. So we also have our plant sale coming up. Lots of great edibles you can buy and raise bed kits um, the first weekend of May um, at the Growing Hope Center. Hopefully in a brand new parking lot there. Um, 
we we can do as much as community members come out and help us support do so come out and help us you know be that change you want to see in the world whether it's truck farm or plant sale or farmer's market or volunteering in other ways or contributing other resources um that's how we make the change we can in our communities throughout washington county a lot of Ypsilanti, but really throughout washington county Okay, and uh, just to wrap up the address for the Growing Hope Center. Mm -hmm. 922 West Michigan Avenue. You'll drive by and see lots of construction equipment right now, but um, give us a call if you want a tour. Um, We give tours monthly, but are also happy to give private tours of both the urban farm and our green uh, building we're remodeling and the whole property. So 922 West Michigan, just west um, of downtown Ipsy on Michigan Avenue. And growinghope.net. Growinghope.net, yep, look us up. Well, thank you, Amanda. You're welcome. Thanks, Mike. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's beautiful music, isn't it? Thank you, Amanda Edmonds from Growing Hope to tell us all about Clifford the Big Red Truck, who is going to become Clifford the Truck Farm. Yes, indeed. And that was music there by Supergrass called Coffee in the Pot, hence the percolating percussion there. And talked about a couple of things there of interest I want to go over just a little bit again. She talked about an event coming up on the 1st of May, that is the... Earth Day Festival at Washtenaw Community College, and there's going to be not only Clifford, the truck garden, but also music from Joe Riley, and you can come dressed as your favorite species to join Joe's all-species dance. The Bubble Man will be there. I'm not sure what he is, but he's a bubble man. There will be live raptors from the Leslie Science and Nature Center, face painting, hands-on activities, and so many other things. That's at the Earth Day Festival at Washtenaw Community College, Sunday, May 1st, noon to 4 p.m. And you can find out more about that looking up Earth Day Festival on the interwebs. Also, a couple of things that Amanda mentioned. She mentioned the original truck farm from the folks who put together the documentary King Corn. And I want to mention a little bit about that documentary. It's about two friends, one acre of corn, and the subsidized crop that drives our fast food nation. Ian Cheney and Kurt Ellis are best friends from college on the East Coast. They move to the heartland to learn where their food comes from, and with the help of friendly neighbors, genetically modified seeds, and powerful herbicides, they plant and grow a bumper crop of America's most productive, most subsidized grain on one acre of Iowa soil. One acre. But then they try to follow their pile of corn into the food system. They say that what they find raises troubling questions about how we eat and how we farm. A little bit about the folks who made the movie King Corn, who also, one of whom helped provide Clifford, the big red truck, about to become Clifford the Truck Farm. Well, if you're in a truck and you're hungry, well, you may have to make some choices about what you're going to eat, but uh, maybe a cheeseburger deluxe will do, don't you think? Sometimes when I'm out on the road, I don't always get a chance to eat right. And sometimes this old traveling man, I can't afford a T-bone steak. So I've made up my mind ahead. Exactly what I'll take. I want to walk right into that diner. I want to grab myself a seat. Well, I don't have to worry. 
a pretty waitress with your great big beautiful eyes. A grease up that griddle and put some gravy on my fries. I'm gonna get off at that truck stop. I'm gonna walk into the restaurant. I sure have been working up an appetite out there on the road. Mm-hmm. How about you, honey? Time you get off. Ah, uh, yeah. That's the world-famous Blue Jays and their national anthem entitled Cheeseburger Deluxe. It's from a collection called Rig Rock Truck Stop on the Diesel Only record label. Diesel Only, sorry. No um, vinyl polychloride? What am I saying? This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's about 10 minutes to 7. Coming up at 7, Arwolf will help us to face the music. In the meantime, some very important news on the spying and CIA and FBI front. Some very important stories here. And we'll get back to Smokey Robinson in a moment, too. It all, it all makes sense, I think, in a moment. We heard from Smokey's tune. We heard Smokey's tune, It's Growing, performed by The Temptations. In the meantime, a half dozen classified documents from the First World War have just been released by the CIA, and not a century too soon, I say. It includes an invisible ink formula used by spies during the First World War, and espionage tex- techniques involving secret messages etched on toenails. This is confidential now, or was in 1918 and continued to be for an enormous amount of time. For secret writing can be used, first, a solution of nitrate of soda and starch in water may be carried, for example, in handkerchiefs or starched collars, starched shirts or anything else starched, these things being laid in this solution and then ironed. The article thus treated is later on again put in water and a solution obtained which can be used for invisible writing. The best means for developing are iodite of potassium. Second, Make notes now. Sulfate of iron developed preferably with ferrocyanide of potassium. This is getting to the food part here in just a moment. Third, nitrate of silver developed preferably with two or four. Now, uh, what is two or four? I don't know. I don't know what that means. Um, All I can say is uh, the plaid eagle dances with the velveteen banana slug. Yeah, that was not secret code, by the way. Okay, fourth... Did we skip one? No, fourth, rice starch. I told you there was going to be food involved. See? Rice starch developed with ink mixed with water. And the fifth choice, if you got no choice, you got none of that silver developed of nitrate, sulfate of iron, whatever what I was talking about. Lemon juice developed with ferrocyanide of potassium is your choice for secret writing. Mm-mm. Now, these documents from World War I that have recently been declassified also include several pages of research and instructions on secret writing. One tip, dip a toothpick in common milk, not just any milk, and write between lines of an ordinary letter. The writing will appear by being ironed out with a hot flat iron. 
One suggests that secret messages should be passed by soaking a handkerchief or a collar, no, I think we got there, in a mixture of nitrate, soda, and starch, and then drying the fabric. And the leftover lemon juice and rice starch can make a delicious cocktail with the addition of any whiskey. I just made that up. Now, also, this is this just came out too. That was declassified information from the CIA. But here's some here's some information on newly released documents from the FBI. This is from the Associated Press. All of these things are on the internet and they're true. And the Associated Press says so. So I trust them. Newly released documents from the 70s show the FBI investigated a death threat against Colonel Sanders, the creator of the secret recipe for the chain's fried chicken. You see, we got the secret stuff going on here. The warning came from someone identified as the general. A handwritten note, perhaps in secret writing, a handwritten note addressed to Sanders and his wife told the restaurant entrepreneur from Kentucky, all very helpful information, that he was in grave danger of being murdered. The documents show that the envelope containing the 1973 threat had a return address in Los Angeles. Sanders died in 1980 at the age of 90. His secret blend of 11 herbs and spices launched the KFC chain. The recipe remains one of the world's most enduring corporate secrets. KFC spokesman Rick Maynard says Sanders received millions of letters during his life and that virtually all were positive. The spokesman says the threat was likely little more than a prank threatening Colonel Sanders, FBI, inform- I don't know, it's disturbing, isn't it? I think so. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and a little bit more here going on. Did you know this is good news about rice and other food here? Um, the world's oldest man is celebrating his 114th birthday with a traditional Japanese meal, and he began his new year with a breakfast of grilled fish with steamed rice and red beans, a typical meal on special occasions in Japan. A city official from Tokyo tells, he says, I'm sorry, he says that he was celebrating this week at his home in Kyoto, which he shares with his, with the 82-year-old widow of his eldest son and the 58-year-old widow of a grandson. He has seven children, five surviving, 14 grandchildren, 28 great-grandchildren, and 11 great-great-grandchildren. Celebrating with a breakfast of grilled fish, with steamed rice and red beans, a typical meal on special occasions in Japan. And you know, there's more, too. There's more. Did you know, at Wharton Center, coming up this weekend, references to Salvador Dali make me hot. That's the name of... Did I wait too long for that? That's the name of a play, a play by Jose Rivera, that's going to be at the the Wharton Center in East Lansing. It's actually, actually started today and continues through Saturday. It's written, says here, in the surreal style of a Dali painting. Rivera tackles love, loss, yearning, and the casualties of war in this newly revised version of the play, a talking coyote and a cat, a violin-playing moon, and a refrigerator filled with sand create a unique world of magical realism in this powerful and poetic script. His other plays include Cloud Tectonics, by the way. So this is references to Salvador Dali, Make Me Hot, by Jose Rivera, being performed actually at the Arena Theater, which is in the Wharton Center in East Lansing. Again, a refrigerator filled with sand. Indeed. Now, speaking of spies and speaking of Smokey, I think Smokey's got a little song for us. Don't you? Is that you right there, Smokey? Is that you? (laughs) 
Oh, spy with me. Please do. Smokey Robinson and the Miracles from a Rhino collection called Spy Magazine Presents Volume 1 Spy Music. Pandora's Lunchbox. It's Ben. That's who we are. Thank you for listening. I've been Mike. Coming up next, it's Face the Music. And again, if you want to help out Clifford, you want to help Clifford, the big red truck, to become a truck garden, find out all about that at growinghope.net. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Let's wrap up. Happy birthday, Iggy Pop is 64 years old today. This this one is for you. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Seven. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, eighty-eight point three megahertz. It's time for Face the Music. I was going to do a live reading on the Consumer Union's report on glue sniffing, but I'm postponing that possibly for broadcast during the art fair, <laughs> or or some other opportune occasion. Tonight, I just thought I'd get a bunch of good singers in here, predominantly African-American singers. I'd like to begin with the Norfolk Jazz Quartet, recorded in 1924. And this one goes out to Mike Perini. This is called Jelly Roll's First Cousin. I'm not sure what that's about. Jelly Roll, Jelly, 
I'm going to get you something about my first Oh, my God, I'm going to pray to you.